Brother Doug, come on up here and, and hang with us, and and uh, it's going to share, um, uh, you know, from a uh, his 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 walk with Jesus perspective, and also from um, you know being a part of the journey here all these years. So thank you, my brother. Morning. I agreed to do this because I love this guy, and I love you, and I know you love me. Uh, otherwise, I don't think I could do this. When he asked me to have a few words with you, I, you know, I pushed back, obviously. <laughs> uh, but when he insisted, then uh, I said, I, I don't know, I can't do this just off the cuff. I, so I, I wrote it out by hand, and then I typed it up. So forgive me if I do a little reading here, okay? I mean, I'd love to be able to tell you this just, but this is from my heart, okay? This is from my heart. And then I need these things to be able to read it. I know you understand that, and you love me. For a long time, years in fact, I've wrestled with a sense of being on the margins of the community here at Cross Point. That may shock you. I know better than to trust my feeler, but many times people have expressed their political views to me intertwined with their faith positions. And they just assumed that because I'm a believer, I agreed with them. It, it had gone so far as that I, I would hear from time to time, you can't vote that way or think that way and still call yourself a Christian. I knew it was wrong. Their faith was actually pretty weak if they had to seek assurance from which political leaders they had chosen. But over time, you got to know, this wears you down. I fought against this sense that I was in hostile territory anytime we went away from whatever the sermon was that day. I talked about this with people I trusted, but I could never express it in ways other than those that were triggered by these political statements. So my explanations were always in political terms. Political counterpunches that I didn't even know I was using. I didn't think I was being understood, but now it seems that people were responding to me in exactly the way I'd responded to them. Counterpunches. So now we're doing this tense dance around a boxing ring. Punch, counterpunch. But the Holy Spirit kept after me, and those people that I trusted to talk about this know this. Uh, he was emphasizing I wasn't the only one being affected by this. Some were coming to me with similar concerns along this way. All along, I heard about people who had left Crosspoint for both sides of this issue. They were looking for a place to hear what they wanted to hear. We shouldn't have to wear masks. We should have to wear masks. There's a criminal in the White House. There's a criminal in the White House. <laughs> Then along came these two books, Stanley's book and uh, Denison's book. These two guys expressed what I'd been trying to say. They aren't the Bible, but they were drawing attention to biblical truths. The danger of us slipping into these destructive patterns without being aware of it 
when Mike and the elders began to think, talk, and pray about it, I was encouraged beyond belief because I really had come to a point where I thought this was just part of the landscape. So I jumped in. I read both books. I read both books multiple times. <laughs> I highlighted and I dog-eared. Those of you who know the way I do this stuff, I just tore it up. I wrote summaries in my own words. Um, so here's what I've learned, what I've seen, and where I think we are four weeks into this. Can I do that? All right, one, no one's immune to drifting into this situation. I was on what I thought was the receiving end of it, but I wasn't even aware I was affecting my, it was affecting my behavior too. I learned I had to concentrate harder on being positioned to hear from the Lord how I was serving self at the expense of others. It, you know, it felt justified if I'm doing, if I'm blocking, if I'm defending myself. I learned this well before I was challenged to develop a sin list. <laughs> but that task was made more clear when I, when I did the sin list, how, how capable I was of hurting folks who trusted me, and they deserved an apology. I can see that this situation we find ourselves in, all of us, but particularly right now Crosspoint, is about flesh, pride, and self as it always is. Self-service undermines community and relationships. Amen? Amen. The very foundation of our commission to share the gospel with those who need the Lord. The influence of the 24-7 media flood has become our daily, moment-to-moment, -moment, immersion in self, in self-sacrifice. It exploits fear, which leads to tribalism and seeing life as us versus them. We, we have to become stronger at thinking critically so we can be aware when this is happening so we can take our thoughts and actions captive and humble ourselves before the Lord in the moment that it's happening, in the moment. We have to learn to be more aware when we're serving self and how that service of self is affecting others and when to seek forgiveness. Now, I've seen our body willing to listen. We've been willing to hear some painful feedback. And, and I think we do that for two reasons. We prize our relationships with the Lord and we, and we prize this Crosspoint family. We value this family. So at least for a, four, a few hours a week, we've been willing to put aside our worldly priorities and seek God's face. I see it. We've definitely come closer together. We've gotten to know each other a little better. We've built up some new relationships. We have even tentatively revealed to one another some of what's being revealed to us as we consider Mike's sermons. But we have not all arrived at a place we are, where we are making this a daily let alone a moment-to-moment -moment priority. You still love me, right? <laughs> are we ready to act this charitably with those who are different from us and who do not know us? Can we actually love our enemies and those we perceive are, as our enemies, whether or not they are? I'm not sure about that yet. 
I do know that something that, that is that important is going to take some time. We're, we're not going to get there in four weeks. Is it time to celebrate our progress? Um, I hate to be a downer, <laughs> but I don't think so. I don't think it's time to celebrate. It seems we have opened the door. We've peeked in. Maybe we've stuck a foot in, and, and maybe we're willing to put ourselves in other people's shoes. Maybe we've seen our behavior as others have seen it. But have we gotten to where we're able to recognize this form of self-love, other hate, in the moment, 24-7? Are we ready to recognize the seductive nature of hearing our own private fears confirmed by a familiar social media post or the rant of some TV personality? When we hear this affirmation of our self-interest, do we really go first to asking ourselves, is this really true? Is this the voice of fear or a demand for control over others? How would this message that I'm hearing represent Christ to a person seeking a relationship with him? Don't get me wrong, I'm not up here to say we're miserable sinners <laughs> who deserve to be abandoned by the Lord. I'm proud of our community at Crosspoint, I am. We've been surprisingly willing to stick our necks out to hear from the Lord on how he would have us turn from our wicked ways, our ways of distancing ourselves from him. But I'm not celebrating yet. We've got a long way to go. The Lord isn't finished with Crosspoint yet. And that's a good thing. <laughs> it means that we're worth the effort to him so the least we can do is persevere and do our best to keep concentrating on positioning position ourselves to hear from him on this I think that's where that's where I see us being all right